All of these other great companions are there. Abbas entered Islam later. But they seem to have... There's another incident with Abbas as well. You know, it might actually be the same one. Where Omar here, he... He basically... This is the whole issue of Tawassum comes up. They brought him and they wanted the rain prayer. And they, they came and they said... Uh, Omar said... You know, Ya Allah, we used to ask you by your prophet, or your we, your prophet used to ask when you when you were alive, and now he's not alive, and we ask you by by his uncle, and like you know, then Abbas was the one to make the du'a for the prayer, for the rain. Um, I think he had the cloak too. He had the burda. Yeah, they put the burda on. Yeah. So this is uh, that's the place. There's also a well that's there that belongs to Saad ibn Abi Um But it seems that it was, uh, that's like where he got the water that he made ablution from and so on, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But it was buried later on in the modern period. Al-Musalla. Al-Musalla is a ground located southwest of the Prophet Wasallam's mosque. And it is uh, at different places in this area. The Prophet Wasallam would lead Eid prayers or he led the Janazah of the Najashi or sometimes the Stisqa and other things. So Abu Sa'id al-Khudri narrates that the Prophet Wasallam used to proceed to the Musalla on the days of Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Adha and he would begin the prayer and after that he would stand in front of the people and the people would remain seated in their rows and he would give them the khutbah and the eid is the salat and the khutbah right? and after that if he was like preparing an army or something he would do so so a lot of things would happen from this open area that was out just outside the town essentially so they go to this open area and they uh, that's the, the sunnah of the prophet was that they wouldn't pray these larger prayers inside the masjid they would pray them outside in the open area that's why this say the sunnah for Eid is to try to pray Eid in an open area uh, Abad uh, ibn Tamim heard his uncle saying the messenger of Allah وسلم, went out one day in order to pray for rain he turned his back towards the people supplicated before Allah facing the Qibla and turned his cloak around and then prayed to Raka. So he had like a cloak, he turned it as Buddha, and then he prayed to Raka. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet that's the narration. The Jews of Medina had their own market. And uh, basically, this area became an area where the Muslims also did market and they had economy there and so on. And this is also outside the city. Um, during the time of Omar ibn Abdul Aziz, he built mosques at these places to preserve their history. One of those is called Masjid al Ghamama, and the other one is called uh, Masjid Abi Bakr. Um, actually, there's another one. And Omar and Ali, all of them are in, that, in those vicinities. Um, one is 305 meters southwest of the Prophet's mosque. That's Masjid al Ghamama. <laughs> Uh, most in, most likely initiated by Omar ibn Abdul Aziz. Omar ibn Abdul Aziz um, is the 
sixth the right league added Kane. Right, sixth the right league added Kane. Right? Yes or no? If you count Hassan, he's number six. Most, a lot of people will say he's number five, but if you count in Hassan radiallahu anhu, which you should, then he's number six. Yeah, yeah, I think the first Hassan is the same. He's a Sayyid that will unite between the people. Also, the, the count for Khalifa, the narration is 30 years. Uh, it's only 29 and a half if you don't count. Mm. Mm. Then there's also Masjid Abi Bakr, radiallahu anhu. Uh, where the where Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu used to lead Eid prayer was in that area, and that was also from the time of Omar ibn Abdulaziz. Subhanallah, they're so early. Like Omar ibn Abdulaziz is very early. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Masjid Omar ibn Abu uh, Omar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, uh, also similarly close by, and Masjid Ali also similarly close by radiallahu anhu as well. Um, let's skip that one. Masjid al-Qiblatayn, because that's part of the tours usually. Masjid al-Qiblatayn. While the Prophet was offering his Bukhul prayer, the order to change the Qibla was revealed. Alright, so the... Um, that's a different narration than we usually hear. But, uh, in any case, um, say what you usually hear as well. So in Qiblatain, what they usually say is that the, the Prophet them was the, the order to change the Qibla came. You see, the Qibla was Jerusalem. And then when the Qibla changed, it becomes Mecca. So there were people who were in this masjid, they were praying. And then they were told that this order came, so they turned in the Salat and they faced Mecca. So now it's the masjid that has two Qiblas. Masjid has two Qiblas. Is that usually what you hear? Yeah. So, that's usually on the tour. It's kind of cool. What do you mean, I, I don't even know. It's a good question. Walk around. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. 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 Turn around, but I'm asking, like, what would you do with your mom? Because he's yeah. in the back now. Allahu Allahu I'm not sure. I mean, it's like the only time that would happen in history. Yeah, the, the only one moment when it could have happened. Masjid Abu Dhar, Masjid Abu Dhar, 900 meters north of the Masjid of the Prophet. It is also known as Masjid Sajda. So it has been reported that Abdurrahman ibn Awf by him that the Prophet came to a garden of the Bayt al-Mal and offered salat and went into a long, lengthy prostration. He said to the Prophet O Prophet of Allah, you prostrated for so long that I feared that Allah may have taken your soul. The Prophet said, Jibreel came with a message from Allah. He who sends salutations and peace upon you, I shall send mercy and blessings upon him. I prostrated in gratitude of this bounty from Allah. So this is in that place. These within the modern like parameters are there. Or the old? No, they're still there. 
All right. There's a million messages out there. So I'm going to keep moving. Uh, especially it's the things that we might actually come across, you know. Because unless you have a bunch of time, you're probably not going to go and visit all of these places. Uh, this is this is a test that they're going through. 
Allah's, Allah's distinguishing the ones who are truthful from the ones who weren't truthful. Allah's this and that, and like there are also a lot of other things that get caught up on. Of course, the other big thing that happens in the battle of Ahud is that Sayyidina Hamza is martyred. There's also um, uh, there's a kind of like an interesting something to think about with Wahshi, which is that Wahshi wanted his freedom, right? And Hind was upset. Hind and Abu Sufyan, Hind's relatives had all been killed in the Battle of Badr, so she really wanted to make. And Hamza had killed them, so she really wanted to exact her revenge on Hamza. So she tells Wahshi. Like, if you kill him, then I'm going to give you your freedom. He was a slave. And Wahshi comes into the battle and he kills Hamza. And they say that he took his liver and, like, it was... Uh, but there's different things to, like... You know, like, Hind actually became a Muslim. And the Prophet didn't stop her from becoming a Muslim. Wahshi became a Muslim. Also. But the Prophet was pain with the murder of his uncle and like his but his uncle who's his age and they grew up together and like they're the closest of people and like made it so that he couldn't really be around Wahshi and told him like we accept your Islam but please I, I can't really see you and it's just like there's there's certain things it's hard to get over them right? he didn't he didn't like reject his Islam he didn't tell him and Wahshi wasn't like oh if you're not going to look at me then I'm not going to become a Muslim like it wasn't it wasn't like that either he was like okay yeah Fine, but we're still going to accept the time, right? It's just interesting to reflect upon in terms of like some of the behaviors that become uh, some of the things that happen. So, you know, Hamza dies in the battle, and many other people are martyred in this battle as well. Uh, the Prophet Sallallahu ordered that these martyrs be buried in the battlefield. Two or three bodies were put in each grave. Um, and of course, you make the du'a regularly, you know, As-salamu alaykum ahlul diyari min al-mu'mineen. Antum as-sabiqoon wa nahnu bikum nahiqoon. You have gone before us and we're following after you. Um, and that area is there. The There's like a little compound. That's the compound of the burial place of the martyrs of the Battle of Ahad. And you can go to it. Um,
These masjids are situated in the belly of Mount Salah. They are also known as Masjid Fatha. They are known as follows. <coughs> Masjid. There's no Arabic, so I can never tell what they. But and Masjid uh, Farisi, Masjid Ali, Masjid Omar, Masjid Saad ibn Mu'adh, Masjid Abu Bakr. Subhanallah. So the Prophet ﷺ would supplicate to Allah uh, for victory, and that's in Masjid Fatih, so that's, that's what it is. Right? Uh, and Masjid Al-Khandaq is also in this area as well. So these are just historic places. Um, let's see what else we have here. If we make progress, it's good, because we have the other stuff to cover. We still have to cover the book on all the fifth and things. Thank you for your patience today. You wonderful people. Really blessed to be able to spend time with all of you guys. Saqifa Bani Sa'ida. This one's important. And it's right there. I think it's very close actually to the hotel that we're staying in. Yeah, relatively close. So if you're like um, facing the entrance so if you're facing the Qibla the entrance of the Masjid of the Prophet put the whole thing in front of you and the Qibla is all the way in the front and the Dome of the Prophet is towards the front and you're in like this back side to the right from the back right corner of the Masjid is the Saqifah of Bani Sa'idah this is a place where the Prophet used to come and drink water and relax and sit in the shade and all of this kind of stuff. This is also, however, the place where uh, the big conversation went down after the death of the Prophet as to who will be the Khalifa. So the big like situation that happened. It's there, it's like, uh, 
It's right next to the movie pick. Right? Like if you're at the movie pick and you see, it's like this way. It's right there. There's a sign and stuff. You see it. It looks kind of like a garden when I was there last time, you know, like it's, oh, it's kind of like a museum. Yeah, like right next, yeah. Um, there's the Valley of Aqib that's around Medina. The Prophet Sallallahu referred to it as a blessed valley. Um, there's the Valley of Bubhan. Um These are just areas around Medina. So, okay. okay, so here's some wells, just some wells that are interesting, some of these wells around Medina, uh, I'll just talk about one or two of them, one of them is the well of Uthman, Roma. This well is located at a distance of 3.5 kilometers from the Masjid of the Prophet and one kilometer from Masjid Qiblatayn. Um, <coughs> when the Prophet migrated to Medina, there was no readily available drinking water except from the well of Roma. It belonged to a Jew who sold the water at an expensive price. The Prophet said, He who buys the well of Roma for the Muslim shall be rewarded with that which is better in the hereafter. So Uthman came to the person and offered to buy it. And the guy refused to sell the whole well, but agreed to sell half, and said, A day for you and a day for me. So Uthman bought half of the well and donated it to the Muslims. When it was Uthman's day, people drew enough water to suffice for two days. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy said, You ruined my trade. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I used to sell the water. Now they come and they take everything they need in one day. I can't sell them anything in the second day. So then Uthman bought the second half as well. They made an agreement, he bought the second half. There's also a, a well called Eris. It's located to the east of Masjid Quba. Uh, it says at the end of the 14th century Hijri, it was buried in the view of plans to widen the road. I was going to say, if this one, you could find it. But the well of Eris is the Lord of the Rings well. We talked about it before. <laughs> That's what I call it. Let's see the story here. Yeah. So this well is, this is also, the significance is that the Prophet Sallallahu used to come to this well. This is the story, you know the story where, um, uh, actually this is before, so maybe actually just not. Low on him if it's the same story. But the Prophet Sallallahu came here and he like uncovered the lower part of his legs, he sat on its edge and he suspended them in the well. He was sitting on the edge of the well, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Abu Musa and Ash'ari radiallahu anh, stood at the door and Abu Bakr came and he asked for permission. And the Prophet told Abu Musa to permit him to enter and bless him with the glad tidings of paradise. He came and he sat on the right of the Prophet Then Omar came and sought permission to enter and the Prophet said permit him to enter and bless him with the glad tidings of paradise. And he came and he sat on the left of the Prophet And then Uthman radiallahu anh, came and he sought permission and the Prophet said permit him to enter and bless him with the glad tidings of paradise but after a tribulation which will befall him. And he came and he sat in front of the Prophet So this is where they sat together like that. 
brother is also known as the Lord of the fucking Due to the silver ring of the Prophet was awaiting Muhammadin Rasulullah and scribed on it being lost in it. After the demise of the Prophet it was worn by Abu Bakr, then it was worn by Umar, and then it was worn by Uthman. And then there's different narrations, but basically in the time of Uthman, this ring was lost and it fell into the well. And they dug out the well and they couldn't find it in anything else. And once it was lost, that's when all the kids were cooking started. Taken in the time of Uthman, and they started when the ring was lost. So, Lord of the Rings will. Something about that ring. Oh, man. Along line, it'll come back. sections of a Dar al-Ifta al-Misriya the house of Fatwa in Egypt has a booklet on Hajj and Umrah so we'll, we'll cover the we'll start covering the relevant sections for Umrah inshallah next week hopefully I think we have two more sessions left before we leave so hopefully in those two sessions we can finish enough to be more grounded inshallah <laughs>